Hey, it's Phil Simon. My new book is out now. It is called The Nine, The Tectonic Forces Reshaping the Workplace. It's my best work to date, and I hope that you'll check it out. Thanks. Nice shooting, son. What's your name? Murphy. Conversations about collaboration, episode 32. Aaron Campbell of Omnilabs joins me to talk about telepresence robots, artificial intelligence, ethics, and even Jurassic Park. Let's rock and roll. Aaron, where does this pod find you? Hey, I'm actually based in Chicago, uh, Chicago, Illinois. I'm going to jump right into it. You want to turn me into a robot, huh? You cyborg Phil. People can't even handle the real me. And now you want to give me superpowers. What the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah, so uh, not quite, but but perhaps close enough. Um, so, you know, I'm with Omnilabs and, and yeah, we, we make telepresence robots, which um, aren't, aren't necessarily clones of you, but rather uh, allow you to be um, for once, <laughs> two places at once. So uh, not quite your clone yet, Phil. We'll, we'll get there. Now, I first encountered telepresence way back in the late 90s when companies spent three, dollars $400,000 on Cisco or HP, and it was kind of like being in the same room with someone. Uh, when I was researching Zoom for Dummies, and yes, if you haven't figured it out, this pod is all about me, um, I discovered that Zoom had created these appliances that would effectively provide 90% of the benefit at 1% of the cost. I hadn't heard about what you guys are doing, but um, explain how OmniLabs is kind of building upon that history of telepresence. Yeah. So as a company, we were founded in 2015 and the founding team really, you know, brought the product, the telepresence robot to market, um, you know, not uniquely in the sense that, you know, we were the only folks there, but, um, uh, but really with the idea of like augmenting the human connection and, and there had to be a better way, right. Of making things more immersive. And so, yeah, there are, there are tons of different video conferencing technologies out there, as you mentioned, um, you know, really what we're doing and, and really the vision for the company is, is a bit more broad, but with telepresence, um, we're, we're bringing, um, tools, um, that, allow people to do work or to, to have connections um, that extend beyond Zoom, beyond Teams, um, and, and really allow people to kind of have that element of, of really feeling like you're there um, and participation and collaboration uh, without actually needing to be there. And obviously COVID um, and, and really the pandemic has, has brought that product and that need um, to the forefront really more than ever before. We're all familiar with a conference call and maybe you're having it in a room, but somebody dials in. That person has virtually no presence, right? Occasionally the box speaks, but you're looking to solve that problem. And I've seen some of the pictures on the website in which you're basically sitting next to um, a robot, which again, doesn't necessarily replace the in-person experience, but it's a hell of a lot better than voice on a box, right? Exactly. Well, I mean, and, and you mentioned a good point, which is not only kind of reminiscent of the future and also the past, which is, you know, like, let's talk about conference calls for a second, you know, um, how often 
when we were all back in in office, um, you know, did we forget about the the remote participants who were on mute in the background while we were looking at the screens or talking to each other or um, forgetting to hang up the call? Um, it, it just it it didn't work and it won't work in the future. And so, you know, there will naturally need to be sort of new technologies to fill that void. Um, and, and the reality is the reason why it doesn't work is because it's very difficult for people when you're in the hustle and bustle in person um, to, to have to go above and beyond and to take those steps to ensure that people are included um, and, and present in the actual conversations that are taking place. Um, you know, it, it just, there, there, are, uh, uh, there is natural friction um, that that sort of requires that that ultimately it just isn't practical. It seems to me that if everybody is in person, in theory, there's a level playing field, right? The CEO is going to have exactly. more formal or informal power than the entry level analyst. That's a given. And conversely, I'd argue the same holds true if everybody's on Zoom. But what about this hybrid future, right? Because you could argue that you could be very senior, but you're almost diminished if you're just a Zoom face. But if you've got this sort of mixed environment, then there's this opportunity to elevate the presence of someone who isn't there. Exactly. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is it, it really is the future of work is hybrid. I mean, there's no question about that. And that is not only seen, of course, through the new headlines, literally out daily, um, around new orgs, you know, announcing different policies and, and the verdict typically, right, by far and large is the future of work will be remote or hybrid. Um, and that I think really will be the majority. Um, but you're right, it's not a level playing field. It, it really isn't. And so the onus is definitely on the, the employer who's making these policy decisions um, to also, if you're saying you can work remotely, um, but you're also acting on that in terms of changing things to make sure that those people that are taking you up on your offer have an opportunity to to receive basically that level playing field or as close to it as you can get. Um, and I think in in terms of your you're exactly right the the presence on site um, or the presence in the conversation those are two elements or two two spots in your your day to day work where you do need to have uh, equitable sort of participation for your remote workforce, particularly if your policy is either that they're going to be remote or that they can be remote. You can't hold opportunities and sort of options out there um, that look and seem like they might uh, be okay or good, um, but then not necessarily match up with the actual infrastructure um, and support to make that um, a truly optimal experience. Is it a tough sell? Because I can see how some leaders might say, look, we're still getting our heads around Zoom or Slack or Microsoft Teams, we're still struggling with things. Um, what might be the easiest way to demo one of these types of things and see it? Uh, what's the ideal client? Yeah, I mean, to be completely honest, we have a fit in in numerous industries and for numerous reasons. Um, honestly, everything from you know a typical office remote worker sort of use case being present on site in a commercial space, that's that use case. We have these on factory floors. We have the telepresence robots in warehouses and healthcare systems in, in schools. So I mean, really the, the collaborative element there, I mean, there's collaboration in so many different spheres of work. Um, and, and the reality is 
the telepresence robot is is truly a tool to do that. And it's not the only tool, um, but there are unique capabilities um, that allow for that. You know, in terms of, you know, how do you experience it? How do you find out more? Of course, you know, talk to me, right? <laughs> Go to the links uh, in, in the actual, you know, posting when this comes out. Um, but the reality is, is it a tough sell? You know, the answer is, it's tougher than it needs to be. And that's because, you know, we're talking about new technologies um, in many ways, um, new to not necessarily the market or the the industry, but definitely new to um, the population and, and, and workplace leaders who are just barely making it uh, by and making sense of kind of how to change things with the pandemic. Um, you know, tech naturally already without a pandemic or without global events kind of going on is, is a really tough and complicated thing to kind of think about, adopt, um, to sell. <laughs> um, so it, it, it's a tougher, it's a tougher sell than it needs to be. Um, but definitely one, I would say that that is necessary, especially with the major changes that we're seeing in this landscape. As I did the research on your company and thought about the context of these robots, it seems like you're flipping telepresence. It used to be up until fairly recently that if you wanted to do telepresence, everyone had to go to an auditorium or the C-suite or wherever, right? But in a way, this flips it on its model and that that person can, and I put this in air quotes, can come to you, right? So you may even get things like a pop by or sort of a random encounter, which as we all know, has been difficult to replicate, even though apps like Donut are really cool, um, they're still not the same as someone bumping into you in an elevator. And before you know what you're talking about, an idea that could become you know, a new product line or a new service. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, and, and again, this, this is a point I can't stress enough, you know, telepresence robots are, are a tool with very unique capabilities in, in, in basically a, in a line um, or a continuum next to things like other tools, um, Zoom, Teams, and then, you know, you mentioned Donut. There, there are a ton of different collaboration tools out there, obviously. Um, but what a physical presence allows you to do that a software standalone um, doesn't is it gives you autonomy and allows you to actually be a physical entity um, in a space that is not reliant on anyone else um, to actually enable that presence. And so that's the, that's really where the telepresence robots are uniquely positioned to offer some benefits to folks is that you're not necessarily needing anyone to set up anything. You know, no one needs to start a meeting or, or, or remember to invite you. Um, you know, no one needs to actually, if the conversation moves, you know, you can move with the conversation. Um, you can see um, and hear what's going on um, in different spaces. You can interact and actually orient yourself to the conversation or to the, the different boards or screens as they unfold. Um, so there are a lot of very, very unique elements when combined into this sort of product that allow for a different type of experience. Um, and that's something that I think, you know, going back to the conversation of the topic around you know, what does this cell actually look like? What do these conversations look like with different leaders? Um, that's something that is, is a unique need that I would argue to say, because of where folks are at in terms of their return to work or their hybrid work, actual implementation, it has not actually been as, as, as highly surfaced as it will ultimately be, you know, 
this is very much, even though it seems like, oh yeah, this is no brainer sort of insight. Um, these are insights that are <laughs> actually foresights because a lot of folks were not dealing with a day-to-day new normal sort of office um, or remote work uh, setting yet. We're not facing the, the pain points or the or, or seeing the negative implications of what actually hybrid working looks like um, just yet. Um, and so a lot, in many ways, these are the conversations to come. You, you just blew my mind a little bit. I thought about the robots or the telepresence in isolation, but when you mentioned them being integrated with what I'll call hubs and spokes, and I discuss in the new book, it starts to expand my mind a bit, right? So just at a, at a bare minimum, right? The CEO robot, for lack of a better term, may not shoot over to your desk because you're not in the office today or you're on vacation, right? Or it might know, wait, we haven't really seen you much on one of these hubs. You are in the office today. I wish I could be there in person. I'm not. Let me pop by because I'm sensing that you may be disengaging. I mean, the the possibilities when you think about the AI and the machine learning, talk to me a bit more about that. Yeah. I mean, you're exactly right. I'm always right. (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't know about that, right? No, but um, in this case, you you certainly are on the money. And, and, and the money is, yes, this is a foot in the door strategy for something much, much larger with respect to the future of work. You know, uh, and specifically, I'll, I'll speak to just what I know in, in terms of, you know, what we're doing at Omnilabs. You know, the telepresence robot is our flagship product. That's what brought the company to existence. Um that's for the video, audio enabled autonomous entity. Um, we're certainly working on other sort of service robot based stacks um, and capabilities that allow that same type of robot or that same type of entity, if you will, um, to be able to do different things as informed by different levels of insight. So you mentioned kind of one that definitely, I would say is not necessarily on our direct radar, um, but but not out of the question, um, you know, which is, yeah, where where do you go um, and, and what's driving that robot to go there based on people sort of uh, analytics? Um, that's certainly an application that could be considered. Um, it's a little bit trickier, <laughs> of course, but that being said, you know, Let's start with the basics, you know, knowing where to go at what time. And and this is the robot, you know, based on meeting attendance, right? I'm joining via Zoom or via Teams. And it actually is telling this robot that you need to be at this conference room where the rest of the team is going to be um, at this time. So that way I can remotely attend. Um, I need to meet with so-and-so. Their desk is at this particular location. I know that the robot actually can autom- automatically go there for a one-on-one sync or meet at this conference room again for that sort of conversation. And so those are the lower hanging fruits and more immediate sort of applications. But uh, definitely when you take AI into consideration, you know, remote and digital assistants do exist and, and certainly they will exist on wheels um, very shortly. <laughs> I can see a number of practical applications, but I want to shift the conversation a bit between the difference to the difference between can and should, right? Which always makes me think of that Jeff Goldblum quote in the original Jurassic Park, which um, I'm dating myself. But um, I'm also thinking about, I don't know if you ever saw Up in the Air with George Clooney and Anna Kendrick. It's a good movie, but uh, he's basically a professional Terminator. He fires people. 
and then they wound up outsourcing that to do it online. I can't imagine a future in which, even though in theory, a robot conversation could have a difficult conversation with you about your performance or in the extreme fire you, uh, probably not the best use of it, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and actually, you know, ethical sort of AI and ethical technology is something I'm actually super passionate about. Um, and, and I keep personally in front of mind in the conversations that I have both internally, you know, with our, you know, development and product strategy and, and overall sort of company efforts that, you know, I, I help contribute to, um, but also in my conversations with clients and customers and partners, um, because it's super important, you know, the canvas, uh, the, the should question is, is an important one. And, and that's why I'm always really careful, especially with the idea of telepresence robots, um, to, to mention that this is this is a tool. In fact, it's augmenting human capabilities um, to al- allow you to be more powerful or more capable, more effective. Right? Literally, going back to the the the, the, the sort of idea that you can be in two places at once. Um, people always joke about needing to do that. Right? That's kind of like the running trope. Well, telepresence robots actually allow you to be able to be in two places at once. And, and, you know, a step back is very close to being in two places at once. Um, and so that allows basically for your potential to kind of be unlocked in new different ways. Um, and, and I think that that in this case is definitely a should, you know, that that should be allowed. But when we start getting into things that I would say not necessarily augment, but but really supplant or replace um, different human capabilities. That is always a question that, that really comes to mind. And, and I think my, my overall response or, you know, professional strategy in that way is think about the types of, uh, new work or new roles, um, that, that implementation or that technology, um, would actually enable. Um, so I always try and couple it with like, okay, embrace this technology. What does it mean for, for, uh, this new bucket of work? Because technology creates just about as much work as it quote unquote replaces. Um, and that's true across the board. We'll get you out of here on this. What book are you currently reading, Aaron? Yeah. So, uh, actually one of the books that I'm reading is, is, is work disrupted, uh, by Jeff Schwartz, um, uh, who's with Del- Deloitte. And it's actually a really interesting, uh, release that happened kind of mid pandemic, um, that it really just talks around a lot of the topics we just mentioned. Um, but, but gives his take or his experience and thoughts on really what do we, and, and how should we think about, uh, the, the future of work with sort of this, highly uncertain time in mind. Um, and so that's what I'm reading currently would recommend. What would I recommend? (laughs) No, I would recommend. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Right now I started the Michael Lewis book, the premonition. And after that one, I've got the Brad stone book, um, the follow-up to the everything store on Amazon, Amazon unbound, I think it's called. And that looks awesome. He's a really talented writer, but uh, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, absolutely, Phil. Thanks for having me. Remember that these episodes drop every Tuesday. However, if you'd like early access to them, you're in luck. I've launched a Patreon page for this podcast at, wait for it, patreon.com forward slash Phil Simon. I've set up a number of different tiers, including early access and podcast sponsorships. Thanks for listening to Conversations About Collaboration. If you like what you heard, And how can you not? 
please download, like, and or subscribe. See you next time. Remember that these episodes drop every Tuesday. However, if you'd like early access to them, you're in luck. I've launched a Patreon page for this podcast at, wait for it, patreon.com forward slash Phil Simon. I've set up a number of different tiers, including early access and podcast sponsorships. Thanks for listening to Conversations About Collaboration. If you like what you heard, then how can you not? Please download, like, and or subscribe. See you next time.